0: Welcome to The World in 10, your daily chance to whiz around the globe in just 10 minutes. I'm Laura Cook and with me today is Toby Gillis.
1: Hello. On today's podcast, could the war in Ukraine be at a stalemate? We bring you a fascinating admission from the head of the country's armed forces.
0: Last month, quite rightly, we've been bringing you the latest from the Middle East. But today, we take you back to the war in Ukraine, where a top Ukrainian general has written that the war has reached an impasse.
1: These feel amazing admissions to me. Statements like, there'll be most likely no breakthrough, and we've reached the level of technology that puts us into a stalemate. Our Times correspondent in Ukraine, Maxim Tucker, has shed a bit more light on what's been said.
2: This is Ukraine's Commander-in-Chief, Aleri Zeluzny. He's essentially conceding that Ukraine's counter-offensive is over. and He says it will take a technological breakthrough to breach that stalemate. And he's calling for more advanced technology to be supplied to Ukraine to win the battle with Russia. He said that The situation in Ukraine now is akin to that of the First World War, and he's talking about the technology that breaks through stalemates like that. It might be the tank, it might be penicillin or the atomic bomb. But essentially, without new technological advances, he doesn't think that this war is going to end. Also, he had been wrong in expecting Russia to withdraw from Ukraine after it had been bled. He said any country apart from Russia which had suffered more than 150,000 soldiers killed would have ended the war already, but he he was wrong about that assumption and they haven't.
0: The Kremlin maybe, predictably, denies any such stalemate, but are we looking now at the idea of bringing these parties to the table? Wouldn't that be extraordinary? We've
1: also heard today how Italian Prime Minister Giorgia Maloney was caught in a prank call actually saying that there's international fatigue surrounding the war in Ukraine. Foreign affairs analyst Tim Marshall explains there are a few factors that is causing that fatigue. One is media coverage and then there's the audience interest, but then there's also the hard political reality of, of for example countries munitions supplies being depleted and at some point and we've almost arrived there Enough of these factors come together to start making politicians think, well, for how much longer can we keep doing this? Uh, Let's put pressure on Ukraine to to go to the table.
0: So we as an international community may well have a very short attention span when it comes to conflict. And while the world looks on at events in the Middle East, Maxine Tucker reflects on the consequences of not keeping an eye on both conflicts.
2: To me, it's, it's curious that the Republican Party in the United States is saying we need to talk about Israel or Ukraine, and we can't have aid packages that support both. I mean, Israel is a huge, very advanced state-of-the-art military force fighting against thousands of very bloodthirsty terrorists, but still equipped with you know, essentially Kalashnikovs and rockets. It, it's a different kind of support that the Israelis need. So I think this is a, a recognition by Ukraine that it is not necessarily the main focus on everyone's agenda at the moment. But... The West will have to be realistic in what it expects Ukraine to achieve if it's not going to supply advanced technology and the weapon supplies to the level that it needs to defeat an army the size of Russia.
1: And Maxim Tucker's article on this is a must read. Head to the Times online now. Coming up, we've strong criticism of an Australian city's controversial tactic for clearing the streets of homeless people. And the Beatles are back, believe it or not, with a new single. We've the verdict of the Times reviewer.
0: But first, on Tuesday's World in 10, this. 2034 is a long way off, but it looks like Saudi Arabia will host the FIFA World Cup. And it's a story still making big ways with the Times sports writers, none more so than columnist Matthew Syed, who's surely one of the best connected people in the entire company.
1: Oh, for a glimpse of his contacts. book! (laughs) Uh, But his column on Saudi Arabia is unmissable. He's warning that the country simply has to be stopped as it continues to embark on a campaign of what people call sports washing with this chilling prediction. He says by the end, the Saudi rulers will become so thoroughly doused in the stardust of top athletes that people will forget about their contempt for the rule of law and vicious absolutism.
0: And Matthew's voice is worth listening to, which is actually the point of the piece he's written, because he's warned of similar before, specifically with the Russian former owner of Chelsea Football Club, Roman Abramovich. Yes, he
1: says that his warnings about Abramovich's links to... Vladimir Putin and alleged money laundering of Russian cash in London went ignored and eventually helped Russia gain enough sway in the UK that it was effectively unable to prevent the invasion of Ukraine.
0: Now the argument is nuanced and needs more than the time we can dedicate to it but have a read and I'll make one prediction that the Times coverage of Saudi sports washing will continue whether warnings are heeded or not. There won't be many cities across the globe where homelessness isn't an issue that's on the agenda almost unendingly. It's always a delicate one, isn't it? Yeah. And one Australian city seems to have crossed the threshold of compassion in its attempts to deal with it.
1: Yeah, those aren't our words, but those of homelessness charity Accord West, directed at the leaders of Bunbury in Western Australia for, well, this.
0: Hot potato, hot potato. Toby, I know this song is integral to the story, but did we actually have to play it?
1: <laughs> I mean, I think it's vital to demonstrate to world in ten listeners just how annoying it is.
0: Cold spaghetti, cold spaghetti. Okay, please stop it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it is bad, isn't it? But that is kind of the point. That song, The Wiggles' Hot Potato, has been played out loud on repeat to the people of Bunbury in the hope that nobody will want to stay on the streets where it's happening.
0: One such person quoted in Bernard Lagan's article told him, The music, it drives us nuts, we're getting sick of it. So, from the point of view of being a bit infuriating... It's certainly working.
1: Yeah, the city's mayor hasn't hidden the tactic at all, saying it's being used at the Memorial Music Stadium there to discourage people to congregate permanently in an area and to deter antisocial behaviour. He added, in fairness to him, that it's been used for six months, during which time there have been no incidents.
0: But as we've mentioned, it's drawn huge anger from those who think it shows little humanity. Yeah, it has. And the band The Wiggles are also furious, pleading with the council to stop using hot potato to this end. Understandably.
1: Well, personally, Laura, yeah, I would object to their reasoning because they say their music is created to bring joy and happiness to families around the world. And I simply can't accept that. This, on the other hand...
0: And now and then, if we must start again, this, believe it or not, 53 years after they split up, is a new Beatles single.
1: It's called Now and Then, and we've clever tech to thank for putting it together in a coherent format, with John Lennon's vocals from a demo he recorded with a piano in 1979, and then the rest of the band's accompaniments from a recording in the 90s.
0: So what do we think? And by that, I mean more than just, is it a good song? Although that's relevant here too. Yeah. But also, is this the beginning of AI taking over the making of popular music? Here's The Times' chief rock and pop critic, Will Hodgkinson. The
2: voice we're hearing is John Lennon's. It's not an AI voice. There's been some, some confusion over this. What they've used AI for is they've cleaned up the background noise. It was, now and then was a demo that he recorded in the Dakota building in, I think, 1979 I don't think Now and Then is a brilliant song for the Beatles. If it was any number of Beatles copyists, it wouldn't be bad at all. It's sweet, melancholic, a bit sort of wishy-washy. What I felt about it was that the core of it's not that great. My own honest opinion, everyone's giving it five stars apart from me. You know, I just kind of felt it's just not that great. And I think it had all of the Beatles still been around, I can't see that we would be hearing it now.
0: So there you have it. You can read Will's Review, which gives the song three stars with your digital subscription at thetimes.co.uk. And it really makes
1: excellent reading, encompassing. AI, history, George Harrison's withering verdict on the song itself, which, by the way, is the main reason we've not actually heard it before now. Um, And he also mentions toothpaste. Okay, Just read it, you'll work it out. Uh, Beatles fans will, of course, lap this song up. But to me, it begs the question... Like, if a musician thinks it should never be heard, is it right that we resurrect it just because we can?
0: Very good question. Well, we think the world in ten should be heard by everyone. So we'll put this out, then be back tomorrow with another episode. Oh,
1: that is very good, Laura. See you all
0: tomorrow.